1: Investments.com.
0: The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace's Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you you washed in the blood, in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood? Side the garments that are stained with sin, and be washed in the blood of the lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the lamb. Are you washed are in the blood, in the soul cleansing blood of the, the lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white? As Oh, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Some glad morning when this life is over I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore I'll fly away
1: His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and I will show him my salvation. Psalm 91 The pestilence is in the land. I believe that the four horses of the apocalypse have been released upon the earth. I believe that we are now in a countdown to Armageddon. That we are in the final years of life as we've known it. In fact, I suspect that what's happening now all around the world will forever change the normalcy of life. I don't think it will ever go back to what is normal. The vile sin of the wicked, yea, even of the church, has reached the heavens, and the Lord is now beginning to pour out his judgment upon the earth with these four horses of the apocalypse. We are at the end. But I am so grateful that he is saying, Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Our Lord will save us. And he will save us because we love him and we choose to repent of all sin and to walk clean before him. He will rescue us. He will protect us. And so today I come to call upon the name of the Lord. I'm so tired of all human wisdom. I'm so tired of how everybody feels or what everybody thinks. You know, bottom line, it really doesn't matter what I think. It matters what Jesus Christ thinks. It matters what God is doing in this world, not what you're doing and not what I'm doing. We are called to wait upon the Lord, to wait for Holy Spirit power to come upon us. I tell you very honestly, I am not ready for the four horses of the apocalypse. I'm not ready. Why? Because the fullness of the Holy Spirit in Pentecost power has not come upon me, but it will. Does the Holy Spirit dwell in me? Yes, absolutely. Has he done an amazing work of regeneration in my life? Yes, he has. Have I repented of all known sin? Yes, I have. And unknown if there be such a thing. But there is still more that needs to happen in the church, in my life, in your life. We need, if we're going to participate with Jesus, he said, the fields are white for harvest now. Surely they are even more prepared and more ready for harvest now than in the day when Jesus walked this earth. We are at the end and it's time for the three angels' message to be proclaimed over this earth. It's time. Are you ready? Are you filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? It's of interest to me that Dwight L. Moody, preaching his heart out, was not very effective. And several women finally approached him and said, We are praying for you that you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're praying for the power of God to come upon you in your preaching. Well, he was quite offended. He had assumed that he already had that power of the Holy Spirit and that everything was going as well as it could go. But it ignited a hunger in his heart for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And he began to hunger after God for the gifting of this power. He went to New York City, he went to J.P. Morgan's headquarters. He went to the financial center of New York City, to Wall Street. And there he had appointments to speak with very wealthy men about donating money for the work of the ministry and for the work of the gospel. He was walking down that narrow street, Wall Street, when suddenly the Spirit of God fell on him in great power. He was utterly overwhelmed. Somebody with him said, Are you sick, Mr. Moody? Shall I call a doctor? No, no, leave me alone, leave me alone. Well, what shall I do? Don't do anything, leave me alone. Well, how can I help? Get me in a room and, and get everybody out of here and leave me by myself. they found him a room and he went in and he got on his face before God and the waves of God's power began to flow over him finally after a time Moody said Lord you will have to stop or I will die I've got all I can hold Lord God It's about to kill me. Later he said, I would rather lose everything in the world than to lose what I got then. When he went to preach, he said he used the same outlines. He used the same scriptures. The preaching wasn't any different. But where there had been seven or eight people saved, now there were hundreds of people saved. The difference was in the power. Do you know it was not Dwight L. Moody's personality? It was not even his education. He used words like ain't. He mispronounced many of his words. He'd gone about to the fifth grade in school. What was the secret of his power? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. That was it. That's the Bible term, filled with the Holy Spirit. God's power came on Charles Finney. Soon after he was converted, he would go to meetings. He'd take time off to pray all night, and the power of God would come on him. One time, I'm sorry, this was Charles Finney, secondly, that I'm going to talk about now. He would go to meetings. He had a a prayer intercessor that would be praying for him. And he would often pray all night before an important meeting. And the power of God would come upon him. One time he walked into a, a mill where they were making fabric. A girl there saw him. And she had kind of a a snide look on her face, a, a scornful look on her face. And he just stood there and looked at her, wondering why this girl would be so scornful of him. And Suddenly, she began to tremble. She couldn't do her work. She began to cry. She fell down on her knees and began to cry loudly. Other workers around her felt the power of God. They stopped their work too, and they too began to fall to their face and repent of their sins. Now the mill owner was also an unconverted man. He saw what was going on, and he sent the order everybody stop the machinery. Better to have the power of God on us than the mill running. Mr. Finney, would you preach to us? And right there in the mill, with the mill workers, Finney began to preach under the power of God. And almost all were converted. It is the power of God that we need. It's not the power of the human spirit It's not the talk, 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 talk. I'm tired of talk. It's the power of the Holy Spirit we need. Things are becoming utterly chaotic in America. The stock market is in bear territory. They had to stop it twice as it sank, timed out. 15 minutes of a a stop. But still, it sank. Coronavirus, the Dungi plague, the persecution and the genocide toward Christians. We've heard about ISIS. Boko Haram in Nigeria has killed more than all of what ISIS killed in Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria put them all together, it's not as many as are being killed right now in Nigeria. A bridal party of young women going into this city, driving the dusty road. they just left their homes. They were going for their wedding, the bride's wedding. They were stopped by armed men who promptly murdered them all and left their bodies a bloody heap beside the road. That story is being repeated in Nigeria time after time after time. So we see financial collapse. We see pestilence. We see weather conditions that are Unlike anything in modern time, from tornadoes, volcanoes, floods, one place dry, another place washed out. We're watching a world that is crashing. And we can cling as long as we can to a sense of normalcy, but normalcy will not return. It's time for us to prepare and return to the Lord and be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the fields are white for harvest and He's looking for harvesters, but we're not equipped to be harvesters. We have all the machinery. We have the beautiful buildings. We have the pastors, very well educated. We have radios, televisions. We have books and literature. The apostles had none of that. What would the apostles have thought if they could have gone on the radio and preached to the entire city of Jerusalem? Or if they could have gone to Nineveh or Damascus or some other place? Antioch. No, they had the power of the Holy Spirit. Now there are some who look scornfully at what I'm saying. but they're not soul winners. Serious Christians, yes. Endeavoring to walk before the Lord as they ought, yes. Do you realize that Jesus did not have one person that was brought to him for salvation until after he was baptized by John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit came upon him in power. It's the Holy Spirit who enables us to share the gospel. We can share it many times in our own flesh, in our own wisdom, in our own understanding, but very seldom will it be effective. No, we need the supercharging power of the Holy Spirit to come. there's another passage of Scripture that I want to read for you today. I had considered just reading Scripture for the whole broadcast and then praying. I don't want to speak empty human words. I want the mighty power of God to come upon you So listen to this invitation. Isaiah 55. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? and your labor on what does not satisfy. Listen. Listen to me and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I've made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations that do not know you will hasten to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways, and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. To our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree, Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which shall not be destroyed. A couple of points I'd like to bring to your attention. Seek the Lord while he may be found, because there will come a time when You may desire to seek him, and he will not be present. Now is the time to seek the Lord. Today is the time to seek the Lord. To call upon his name. To say, I call upon the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I call upon Jesus, the Son of the living God call upon Jesus, the crucified one. I call upon Jesus, the resurrected one. I call upon Jesus, my Lord and my Savior, my Master, and the love of my heart. Call on the name of Jesus, and he will hear you. Let the wicked forsake his way. So those ways of functioning, those attitudes that drive you into bitterness and anger and hopelessness, forsake your ways and the evil man his thoughts. So forsake even the thoughts of your heart. Give them to Jesus. Turn the thoughts of your heart over to the Lord God of heaven and don't believe the lies that Satan will come and try to inject into your mind. But say, no, I am not the man you're making me out to be, Satan. Depart now in the name of Jesus. I call upon the name of Jesus. Give me a clean mind and a pure heart. Turn to the Lord. And he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. That word pardon is so interesting to me. It literally means that my sin is forgiven. But the consequences of my sin are also removed from my heart and my life. And I am restored. I am established. Some of us have sinned against the Lord. No, all of us have. You know I'm right. We have sinned against the Lord. And our hearts are grieved. Our hearts are grieved because we see just a little of our true condition before a holy and righteous God. He says, turn to the Lord. He will have mercy on you. And he will freely pardon. He'll not only forgive your sin, may remove, but he'll also establish you in the covenant of the New Testament in Jesus Christ. And he will repay what the locusts have eaten. He will restore and build up. These are necessary steps if we are going to receive the Holy Spirit in power. Now, may be asking, okay, pastor, how am I to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I want to tell you today. But I want to tell you that anyone who is living a life without the power of the Holy Spirit is a life of disobedience a life of fruitlessness. The Lord wants every man and every woman, every boy and every girl to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Not just the indwelling Spirit that regenerates and restores and builds up, but with the power, the dunamis, the dynamite power to be effective in sharing the gospel. Back in World War I, an acting corporal was out on the parade ground. The squads all broke up. He took his squad out to do some close order drill. Forward, march. One, two, three, four. Squad right, march. We marched back and forth. And he would tell his little squad what orders they were to follow. After a while, a captain, the commanding officer, came up. And this corporal was embarrassed and frightened. And he said, halt. The squad halted awkwardly, shifted around, tried to line up and come to rigid attention. The captain looked them over and said to one fellow, button that button on your blouse. To another, he said, hold your chin up. And then he said several things. He said, What command did you give as I walked up? The corporal answered, I said, Halt. Was that correct? "'No, sir, it was not. "'What should you have said? "'I should have said it in two counts. "'Squad, halt. "'Well, why didn't you? "'Sir, I was scared. "'Well, he said the next time, do it right. "'As he started to leave, I saluted and said, "'Thank you, sir.' "'He turned sternly looked me through and then said don't thank me i'm not giving you advice i'm giving you orders now i'm going to share with you part of a sermon by john rice that was given in 1945 that deals this was his story so in this matter Mr. Rice says, I'm not just giving you good advice. It would be nice to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean to say the shame of God's people is that you are living in sinful disobedience as long as you do not have the power of God on you. I mean the shame, the sin that is damning your hundreds of thousands. You have churches that are filled with everything else but the Holy Spirit. That's the trouble. Your children are going to hell because you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. You talk to people, it doesn't do any good. Why? Because you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 44.3 The Lord says, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thy offspring Are you thirsty? Today are you thirsty? Do you in your heart do you want the Holy Spirit? unless your heart cries out, you're not going to be filled with the Holy Spirit for power, for witness, for ministry. If you don't mean business, you won't pay the price. You'll not pray long enough. You will not be content to give up the favor of men to have the power of God. You will not mean it unless your heart thirsts for God and thirsts for His power with a deep desire for the souls of men. Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? There are two conditions that you must meet. One of them is obedience. I don't mean just to set out to go through a certain ritual. I mean obedience such as Jesus showed when he came to die, when he was baptized, when he prayed in the garden, The two things are are in there. Peter said in Acts 5.32, And we are his witness of these things, and so also the Holy Spirit, whom God hath given to them that obey him. Obey him? You mean as the apostles did? Yes. They were slain one way or another. Peter was crucified, head downward, we're we're told. And another... John, they say, was boiled in oil. Another was dragged behind a horse and killed. John, an old, old man, past 90, was exiled on the island of Patmos for his faith. Do you mean like that? Do you mean following Jesus, even if it kills you? Do you mean give up your own plans and dreams and count self dead and live a new life? Yes, that's exactly what it means. Are you ready to lay self on the altar and count self dead and crucified? And when self is crucified, will you come and follow Jesus? Do what he says about soul winning? That's the kind of obedience the Bible's talking about. Are you not setting out to win souls with a holy passion? You do not mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, you may want some ecstasy, but you don't want what God wants to give you. Well, you're not going to have it unless you are after what God is after. And what God is after is the conviction of sinners and the power of God to witness to them the thing that God said he wanted you to have. He will give to you if you will use it for what he wants to do. He commanded us to go and preach the gospel, to carry the gospel to sinners, to get people saved. Quote, ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. End quote. If you do not plan to witness for Jesus with the power, if that's not your point, if you do not mean to serve him in whatever capacity he calls you to serve him, then you are not obedient and he will not send his Holy Spirit. You must have the first requirement and that is a willingness and a desire and a a demand of yourself that you will totally obey the word of Jesus Christ, even to self-crucifixion. Are you ready for that? That's why it takes so long sometimes. Why did it take ten days of waiting before Pentecost? It's an oversimplification merely to say that the day of Pentecost had not come. Jesus had not promised that the power would come on the day of Pentecost, no, the real truth is that they needed plenty of time to confess their sins, judge their hearts, and make things right with one another, and to wait on God. Now, what's the second requirement? To ask God. And to keep on waiting on God. That's what Jesus meant in Luke eleven thirteen. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? If you will give yourself wholly to the Lord, in complete obedience to his commands, and then if you will wait on him, he will send his power. You have not because you ask not. We have not the power of God because we ask not. We have not a Pentecost because we do not seek it, because we do not believe it, because we don't want it, because we don't want to pay the price for it. He said, ask. The disciples continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brethren, That's the way they got Pentecost power. That's the way they got the baptism in the fullness of the Spirit. That is the way they had the endowment from heaven. That is the way they received the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. They waited with pleading, with a burden for the lost, with confession, with begging God, with prayer and supplication. And in due time, the power of God came. Are you filled with that Holy Spirit power? are you contented to live your life as you are now? Are you contented with your spiritual life? Or do you want more? What do you want to do? God doesn't care much about the machinery of the church. That's not what interests him. What God is interested in is people who will wait upon him in obedience for the power of the Holy Spirit. And then, in the power of the Holy Spirit, go forth to proclaim His gospel. Every decision of my life I now am making based on Is this in obedience to Jesus? How will this impact the kingdom of God? Is this my own agenda? Or am I doing this in obedience to Jesus? Every decision is based on that. And then secondly, am I waiting on God? Now it's been almost two years ago when the Lord said to me, audibly he said to me, wait upon the Lord. So I come and i begin to think about you know i could i could do this or i could do that i i could begin and i stop myself and i say no no i am going to wait upon the lord well it doesn't look very useful but i want to tell you something in these 2 years god has made me into a new man In these two years, he's taken away my fear. He's settled my heart. He's also carried me. That was the second thing he said to me. The Lord will carry you through. Oh, I won't carry me through. There are those who say, Pastor, you should just Go do this and this and this. No. I was told to wait on the Lord. I was told that he would carry me through. And I was told to rest in Jesus. I'm doing that. He has made me into a new person. And now... As I look at what's happening in the world, I see men's hearts failing them with fear. I see the results of the catastrophic weather in the spring and the loss of income for farmers across mid America. I see the great increase in suicides among farmers in America. They don't know how to handle their finances. They don't know how to survive. They don't know how to take care of their families. So they'll have life insurance. And they'll die. I read about one wife who is continuing by herself to farm the land out in Ohio. My heart went out to her. I prayed for her. Men's hearts are failing them for fear. We live in a time of incredible uncertainty. Now, there are certain things that the Lord will let us do in terms of That's not going to save us. We can wash our hands. We cannot be in crowds of people. That's not going to save us. What's going to save us is obeying the still small voice of the Holy Spirit and waiting upon him because we have come to the time of the apocalypse. The four horsemen have been released. We now need to be in a place empowered by the Holy Spirit to bear witness that Jesus is Lord. We need absolute honesty. We don't need more advertising. We need the Holy Spirit So I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I know it's very clear in the scriptures that when Jesus breathed upon the apostles, your Holy Spirit entered into them. These men and women were saved. They were already According to Ephesians, the first chapter, sealed by the Holy Spirit. But now there had to be an empowerment for witness, for ministry. And Lord, when that Holy Spirit power came, it wasn't the tongue of flame, it wasn't the wind, it wasn't even the speaking in tongues that were given as a sign that you have the Holy Spirit. It was the power of, to turn the lost and cause them to be convicted and weep for their sin and be saved. Lord, I come today knowing that this is an age when the church has all the money, the church has all the equipment, all the beautiful facilities, but no power. We do our seminars and our workshops and we talk and we talk and we talk and we spin up all kinds of strategies for success and for prosperity. But we have been utterly powerless in the face of the vile sin that has arisen in America in just the last few years. The church is powerless. Being destroyed. Oh Lord, I come with my brothers and sisters and say, We will obey you, Jesus. And we come asking for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. We come asking. And seeking and knocking, for that's what you told us to do, and we will continue doing this until you do what you promised you would do, and that was send forth your holy spirit to those who ask. Will a father give a stone or scorpion or snake to his son? No, never. And we know that you will not turn us away. So I press our case, the case of every person listening to this broadcast today who has made a covenant in their heart to obey you, Jesus, to walk clean before you, to be separate from the world and the vileness of this world. And They've made a decision with me that we will wait before you For you said you would freely pardon, you would freely restore us, and you would give us the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we come and we wait upon you, Jesus, knowing we do not have the power, we don't have the ability to do the work of the gospel. Lord, we set our hearts on sharing with our family members and those we love, and the stranger. We set our hearts on sharing with them the beautiful news of the gospel of your salvation, Lord Jesus. But without your Holy Spirit, we can't do anything. The evidence is all in. Our churches, Lord, have been filled with half-converted people, with comfortable, lukewarm people who don't know their condition before you. Lord, I come crying out today for pastors and teachers, Sunday school teachers. I come crying out. For those who hunger and thirst after you, Jesus, who are not satisfied with what's happening, who are not consumed by their work, who are not consumed by the world and its cares, but oh God, they've come to a place where they're crying out for you, Jesus. That's why you said, Come and buy. All you who are thirsty, come to the water. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Oh, Lord, I know the cost. I know how to buy it is to obey you and to wait upon you. Oh, Lord, would you come now and meet us? I pray in your holy name. Amen. been listening to Pilgrim's Progress I'm Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel beginning next Wednesday evening at 730 I'm inviting you to come and hear the word of God to come and wait upon the Lord if your heart is crying out for more of Jesus if you're thirsty invite you to come. Just Google National Prayer Chapel and a map will pop up and it will give you directions to where we're going to meet, in the home we're going to meet. I'd love to see you. I'd love to meet you. So there's a phone number there. If you need help with directions, just call me. It's my personal cell number and I'll help you with directions. I need to hear from you. I'm very grateful for those of you this week who've been writing and sending offerings, tithe. The National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And also thank you to those of you who've been going online to nationalprayerchapel.com and you've been giving online. Thank you. God bless you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. To
0: the only God a Savior through Jesus.